Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome back to the Collegian Weekend Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott, and today we'll be talking to Michaela S. Truth about the student band The Schismatics, Claire Godet about heavy metal music and Charger Sports. Micah Hart about why we should change our mascot to an eagle, and Nathan Stanish about what Mets is doing to combat the long lines at the dining hall. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with Michaela Estruth, the assistant news editor of The Collegian, and this week she wrote a story about the Schismatics, an on-campus student band. Michaela, tell me a little bit more about this story. Yeah, absolutely. So the Schismatics, they're a band of six men of Simpson dorm. Uh, They were freshmen last year in the 21 to 22 school year. And actually, I was friends with several of them, or at least knew of them, uh, pretty much from the beginning of my freshman year. And so Gavin, kind of, I would say the leader of the band, was really set on forming a band for CHP. And um, beforehand, uh, Hillsdale does something called like Battle of the Bands, which is just something like fun off campus. It doesn't have anything to do with CHP, but he... Gavin was trying to form a band. He actually came to me and was like, do you play any instruments or do you sing? Like, I want to do some some sort of band. Um, I played violin, but it was at home and I could sing, but not in a band. It was a very different classical style of singing. Um, so I was really of no help to Gavin, but it was fun to kind of like watch him gather people. And that's where he first performed and people kind of got to know Gavin. Um, he had his, I'm pretty sure he had his girlfriend, Bella, like learn bass in two weeks or something crazy and she was just playing a few chords alongside of him and it was really fun so our like friends all went and supported Gavin he was at the beginning no one really knew who he was but that's how he got his name out there and then um I got to interview the whole band uh a couple weeks ago and Gavin said that basically guys were just kind of wandering around Simpson and were talking in his room and mentioned like, oh, I play guitar and like, I play trumpet, I play saxophone. And so basically they had a whole band in his room and he was like, guys, let's do this. Um, one of the best stories I, lo- I liked that I don't think made it in the article, but um, Matt, the bass player and singer along with Gavin of the band, he said that he walked in and Gavin was like, hey, dude, like we're trying to get together a band. Do you play bass? We need a bass player. And he was like, oh, yeah, man, I play bass. Uh, And he told me that he'd never touched a bass in his entire life. And so he, too, like Bella, learned how to play bass very quickly. Um, They assembled and kind of met at Saga and came up with the name The Schismatics or Schismatics. Uh, They can't really decide if they want the the in their title or not. I feel like fans call them The Schismatics, but they call themselves Schismatics. Um, And basically that idea comes that three of them are Catholic and three of them are Protestant, but they're united by the fact that they're all in Simpson and they have a lot of common commonalities between each other but um just kind of forming like that unity amidst conflict or diversity i guess is how they came up with the band name um so yeah i think it was a few weeks before chp showdown that they started rehearsing and put together a set list of five songs 
and then they i think two days before chp showdown went and got a photo shoot which you can see in the article um in the in the collegian it it looks really cool it's gavin's car in the background and they're all dressed in their appropriate swag and just kind of you know looking cool but kind of almost like they're on their way to fame and they had no idea what was about to hit them because at showdown they played after two of the best senior bands on campus um who were obviously vying for a spot uh, to win and open at CHP, and um, they had they were so good with their band section. They had saxophone and trumpet, I believe, um, which was just kind of like unheard of in any other student band. And so that horn section really like stood out. And then of course their harmonies and their vocals also were just amazing. Um, and so they were told after they performed it was huge hype they were so excited and tons of people started changing their votes and vo- and voting for this little freshman band that no one had ever heard of before which was really fun they ended up winning and so they got to open at chp and now they're very well known around campus everyone loves them they're definitely like the last band to play the best band um for right now they have that title and they love it but one thing that i would say really stuck out to me is like I knew them before they were a band and they're all great guys. They're really kind. They're super fun. And the interview that I did was honestly one of the best interviews ever. It was just so fun. I just sat there and they just kind of played off of one another and they started like singing melodies and harmonies and then just like cracking jokes. And it was really cool just to watch their chemistry, um, the chemistry of the whole band together. They, they really love each other and it's really cool to watch. So I'm excited to see where they go in the next three years. What's your favorite thing you've heard them perform? Hmm. That's a really good question. I think Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, that's a really fun song. And it, like, goes back and forth between hype and slow. And everyone just goes crazy. On I honestly like the reaction of the crowd the best. Like, they do great in all their songs. But watching the crowd, like, freak out is so funny during that song. There's something very Hillsdale about a ragtag band of Simpson mm. boys. What what do you have to say about that? Um, yeah, I mean, here at Hillsdale, we say it's the people. And I think that's very true. And then in Simpson, I, I don't know much about Simpson, but I definitely know that the culture there is very unique and like nowhere else. And I just, I don't know. I feel like they probably wouldn't have formed if it wasn't for those circumstances of being in Simpson and just like living together in that in that dorm and you know playing off of one another's talents and gifts I think it's it's very Hillsdalian but it's also just really a testament to the community that we have here that's kind of nothing nowhere else I guess well thank you for sharing Michaela yeah absolutely you're listening to the Collegian Week in Review This is Lauren, and I'm interviewing Claire Godet, the sports editor of The Collegian, and she wrote a culture piece about heavy metal music. And Claire, you said, if you like worshiping the devil, then you'll love heavy metal music. Tell me a little bit more about this. So I actually independently love doing both of those things, but it was more a joke for uh, the purposes of the paper. But the yeah, the joke was to mean that that stereotype is... Not entirely correct. Um, obviously, for some songs it is. Uh, like I, I gave a few examples in um, my piece. But yeah, if you're scared about hell, don't listen to Judas Priest. Don't listen to Slayer. But there is some music that people might like and they might just be scared away from it. So that's pretty much 
what that was about. Tell me a little bit about the album you wrote about From Hell With Love by Beast in Black. So it's actually a really interesting album for a lot of reasons. Um, There was a band before this that was just called um, Beast. And that was pretty much the exact same um, instrumental team. And they're all Finnish. But then they switched lead singers because their first album didn't do very well. So they switched to a Greek singer who had gained just like a lot of acclaim and they produced it and it was just a smashing success among like the metal community um all rave reviews which was really interesting because it's power metal um which was made popular in the 80s and most metalheads think is like gaudy and too mainstream and they don't want to listen to it but like fans of metal and non-metal fans everyone who reviewed it has just given like wildly good reviews so i recommended it to anyone who wants to start listening to it just because it's been so well received by people like that already. What is special about the lyrics in this album? So they're pretty crazy. Um, a lot of the themes from the album actually come from an anime called Berserk, but it never explicitly references the anime unless you look at the genius lyrics, which I did. But it's pretty much themed around like being a knight or like the crusades and fighting for something you care about whether that's yourself or your god or your king and it's yeah it's a really intense album but all of the lyrics are given in a way that sound just like you're listening to like welcome to the jungle where it's really poppy and the the lyrics are actually really beautiful i gave a couple examples in my piece but one that i didn't give explicit lyrical reference to was Ocean Deep, which is the only like ballad on the album. It's about losing your wife, uh, which is crazy that I could like listen to that song and like literally cry because I'm 20 and I have a boyfriend who isn't dead. The lyrics are just beautiful. Um, Let's see. From that song in particular, like it says, you stay a while and then fade with a smile, but never truly disappear. And it's just like, about like waking up with like night terrors about missing like a loved one that's died so it's really intense it's really good and yeah everyone should listen to it i think tell me a little bit about the song die by the blade so that's actually i don't want to say my favorite song off the album just because other than cosmic things cosmic thing by the b-52s this is probably my favorite album of all time um as a whole piece die by the blade is probably my favorite song off of it that being said it's very I wouldn't say graphic in the sense to scare anyone away but graphic in the sense that I think it's impressive how much they pack into that one song it's about having a mortal enemy but it's about the respect that you would have for someone that you have that much hatred for and how if that person were to beat you in like conquest or like just kind of kill you um you would die with like respect and dignity because it was someone that you saw as like a genuine opponent How do you think heavy metal conveys a message versus other music? So I say this, I think towards the end of my piece, um, sometimes people really need a message like slapped across their face. And I think heavy metal music does that more than just like, I don't know, the only pop song I can think of right now is Cake by the Ocean, which doesn't communicate anything important (laughs) at all. But like if that were to have a message and it sounded like that, I think it could be really easy to get distracted because the lyrics are softer and the beat is really loud. 
versus with metal music it's like you can't really ignore just this greek guy screaming into your ear about dying um, which i think is i is really cool i think it's one of the neatest things about metal if the song is written correctly and conveys something that's you know true good beautiful whatever all right moving on to sports tell me a little bit about the football game this past weekend so it was um it really lived up to everyone calling the Chargers a fourth quarter team. Uh, we were down for all three of the quarters until the fourth quarter. And then there was just some really incredible plays out there, especially by Luke Keller, um, our QB1, who is, if rumor is correct, considering a sixth year. He tore his ACL last year, so this was his first game back as QB1 after all of the Garrett Eisen homecoming stuff last year. But since he was redshirted freshman year and tore his ACL last year, he is considering coming back, which is kind of neat. And if this game says anything about that, I think we could really use it because he just has an arm like a cannon. And him and Isaac Tesla were both interviewed by Christian Peck Dimmitt in the piece. And despite a kind of shaky start for Keller, he ended up getting five touchdowns overall and in a very quick amount of time and got GMAC Offensive Player of the Week, which I think is totally deserved. So yeah, it was just a really good game against the Chargers. It was actually pretty interesting because Lake Erie was one of the only teams to beat us last year and they had only won two games in their entire season and one of them was against us. So it was definitely a game played in the name of revenge and I think we just did a great job getting their hopes up and then smacking them down. And then Tell me about the volleyball team. So the volleyball team, like always, is just doing fantastic. Um, they had two girls, Popplewell and Weiss, get GMAC Player of the Week in both the offensive and defensive category, um, respectively. They had a tournament this week and won three of their four games and then had a game um, afterwards with Davenport and they won that too. And they're just, they've won so many GMAC conferences in a row that you would expect nothing less from them, but it's still so impressive how they play every single time. All right. Thank you for joining us, Claire. Yeah, of course. Thank you. The Collegian Weekend Review continues. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Micah Hart, a Collegian reporter. And this week he wrote an opinion about why the Eagle should be the mascot of Hillsdale College. Micah, tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Maddie. So I really wanted to write this piece because as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the Charger and what it offered for Hillsdale College and what it's symbolic of. And, you know, I think for Hillsdale College, it'd be much more fitting to have an eagle as our mascot. I mean, we are the home of freedom and liberty for universities specifically. So it'd be much more fitting to go with an eagle, which is also the United States bird, essentially. What's wrong with the horse? You know, there's nothing wrong. And as I point out in my article, Maddie, there's nothing wrong with Charlie the Charger. He's a he's a great little guy. But I think it would be great to change our mascot to fit what the school is really based upon. And I think, you know, the Eagle has been in the U.S. since basically the founding. And it's so important for us also as a school to show our values. And I think the mascot is a great way to do that. Does this opinion come at all as a response to the radical change of the Charger logo? <laughs> it does not, Maddie. I think, you know, I did think about that as well. I actually like the new change. I think it's a little fun and cool it looks a little bit more aggressive i think that's good for 
our opponents to look scary towards them but no it does not come in light of that i've been thinking it for the last year especially when i got to campus and i saw this big eagle statue like at the center of campus you're like and your stat and our mascot's not an eagle you know i think we don't really have chargers around on campus but we seem to have eagles everywhere what would you say to someone who asked about the logistical problems of changing the logo when it comes to sports uniforms and stuff like that yeah, you know I would say what Hillsdale College always says, that strength rejoices in the challenge, Maddie. And, you know, I know that's not a great answer, but we've changed things before. We can do it again. I think it can take time to do it. I think we should phase it in over time. But I do think it'd be very cool to see it done in the near future. But yeah, I would say, you know, strength rejoices in the challenge and the school's just got to put that motto into play, um, what we're told to do as well. What would you name the Eagle mascot? You know, I haven't thought of that, Maddie. That's a really good question. I don't know. Like, Scout? Scout sounds fun. I don't know. It doesn't really correlate, but, like, that's kind of cool, I guess. That's solid. Well, thank you for joining me, Micah. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Lauren, and I'm interviewing Nathan Stanish, a Collegian reporter. Thank you for joining us today, Nathan. Absolutely. Last week, there was an opinion piece that was written about the long lunch lines getting into Saga. And then Nathan wrote a piece about Mets addressing that problem by adding new improved equipment to make the lines go faster. So tell us a little bit about this article, Nathan. Yeah, so actually, I had a lot of fun with this article. This is one of the ones I've enjoyed writing the most. I thought it'd be more interesting if I would actually like wait next to the line and I tallied whoever was scanning and I tallied who was swiping so I can get an idea of like how many students were in like the noon rush and get an idea of like whether they were scanning or swiping. Because when I talked to um, Kelly Salaba, who works at the front desk, what she told me was the scanning is significantly faster and the swiping can often like take multiple tries. So that was her theory for why it was slowing down. So I did that a couple days a week apart to see if it like slowed down over the week. And what I found was... It went from about 15 to 20 minutes of the line just going through as students slowly swiping and scanning, about like a 50-50 split. But the next week, it was actually a lot faster. And when I talked to her, what she said was they figured out for these scanners and swiper machines, they keep track of like the accounts of the students as they swipe. So over the day, it loads up. And it's kind of like when the computer has like too much file, uh, file space like filled up on it, it starts to slow down, right? So what they figured out was they could reset the balance and then it would speed up the machines if they regularly reset it, which is what really like sped up the process and why they've had a significant um, decrease in the time you have to wait in line now. So adding new scanners, has this made the lines go faster? Definitely, definitely. That was a, like another thing they did was in general uh, on like busier days, especially like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they have another table next to the door with another scanning and swiping outlet. And originally they had the swipers and scanners going to the same processing machine. What they didn't realize was that meant that whenever you swipe, you can't scan until that's processed. So it slows down both of them. So now what they do is they have just one scanner per processing machine, one swiper per processing machine, and it goes much faster now because of that. It's like two to three seconds now per scan, which is way quicker, it gets through the line a million times faster. Now the rush ends at about like 12.06 from when it initially starts, which gives people plenty of time to get through. Some of the students that you interviewed, what have they said about these new improvements? Right. So I did talk to students before the improvements, and they had wonderful comments to make. Um, I had one uh, friend, Gert, who 
has German ancestry who told me that this was longer than his ancestors had to wait in the bread lines in the 1930s, which was an interesting statement and I think some hyperbole. However, the feelings were strong. This next week when I talked to people, they were already feeling grateful for how much slower the lines were. When I talked to Abby Richardson, a friend of mine, she specifically said, before I wasn't even able to make it to lunch before getting to class, just had to like snack or something. Now I actually have time to get through, still socialize, which is like the whole point of the dining hall and be able to get to class in the end too. Thank you for joining us, Nathan. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Collegian Week in Review. We're your hosts, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find the Collegian on Twitter and Instagram at hdalecollegian or online at hillsdalecollegian.com. Once again, you've been listening to the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.